Hey, Matt, let's tell our six listeners, or are we up to seven now? I'm not sure, about our new recording buddy, Riverside FM, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Yep, Riverside FM lets you record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a 1,000 miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. And it's as easy to use as that meeting app everyone usually uses for recording, but has much higher quality audio and video. And they have a mobile app, so guests can connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for the final girl of recording platforms for podcasts, webinars, and other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. That's S-H-I-P-I-T to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Here we go. I've always asked people this. You've got three people you can spend an evening with. Oh, dead no. or Dead or alive. No. Jim Morrison is on my three. Okay, on my list okay. Of three. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. You don't have to answer this now, but it's for our audience also. So I'm just going to put that out there. The podcast you are about to listen to is an account of the movies which befell a group of horror fans. In particular, Tara Garwood and her intrepid friend, Matt Lolich. Had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, although they would have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as we are to see in those movies. For them, an idyllic summer movie became a nightmare, and they loved it. The movies that they watched were to lead to the creation of one of the most terrifying podcasts in the annals of American history. The Scary Movie Project. Hey peeps, this is The Scary Movie Project, the podcast where we talk about scary movies, share our perspectives as filmmakers, and raise elder gods with the sacrifice of our spoilery spoilers. I'm Tara. Yo, what's happening? I'm Matt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) An immigrant in search of the American dream who, after being forced to take a room in a boarding house, finds herself in a nightmare she can't escape. This week on the Scary Movie Project, we talk about No One Gets Out Alive 2021. This Mm -hmm. is like a brand new movie, basically. Yep. Came out Um, a couple months ago, maybe. I think so. I will quickly mention we talk about music on this a lot. Here's my Doors reference. Five to one, one in five. Great song by the Doors. Um, one of the opening line is five to one, baby, one in five. No one here gets out alive. So, yes, there you go. I thought I've, there's my Doors reference. I like to throw my white zombie references, All right. love, but I love the Doors. So there's my Doors reference for you today. So, And since I've seen this movie last week, I've been singing that song to myself like all week long. <laughs> It's a great song. It's That's a good sign if it got a good song yeah. stuck in your head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So a 2021 uh, movie, 1968 song. A yes. A little bit of a, of a, distance, little, a gap in between. A little, little gap. Just mm-hmm. a little bit of time there. Um, Timeless. And thank God I don't have to say that I was alive when that song came out because I was uh, I not. Was- 
definitely not alive. I was when that definitely song came not out. alive when that song came out, and and by a fair amount. So I'm pretty happy about that. Well, here you go. How about this? I was neither of us was around when that song was written, and neither of us were around when the man who wrote that song died. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Sadly, Jim Morrison is no longer with us. So yeah, whoo. That is very sad, but I am he's glad. On my, he's, he's on my list, by the way. Um, and I can throw this out to the viewers, too, and to you. Here you go. I've always asked people this. You've got three people you can spend an evening with. Oh, dead no. or Dead or alive. No. Jim Morrison is on my three. Okay, on my list okay. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. You don't have to answer this now, but it's for our audience also. So I'm just going to put that out there. It can be any, They can be dead or alive. It can be anybody. <sighs> I, I used to make it five people, but I like it with three because it makes you have to choose more. You know, it's harder to pick. Yeah. You gotta think, okay. You, really you got to think about it. I feel like so. I feel like an obvious answer for me would be Shakespeare, but I also instead mm. I kind of want Kit Marlowe. Okay. Because he just seemed be, like a card. Um, yeah, you can pick three people. It can be anybody. It doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. I don't. I, I don't know. And for, the, and for the six listeners out there that we have, this is for you too. Yeah. Oh, we've gone up. We have six now. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're not saying four, three. No, no. We got one more. I like it. Oh, we used to right, say five. I, I Six no, is six. great. Six yes. is, six is, we're growing. We're, we're growing, guys. So three people, if you really want to push it, we'll take five as well, but it's got to be three. <laughs> um, okay. So Should this was directed by, we're going to talk about the movie. Okay. I know. This was directed by Santiago Mangini. It's his first full-length feature. Um, but I found that Can his more you? recent shorts have won awards at like prestigious places like South by Southwest and Fantasia Film Festival. So uh, then the writers, John Croker and Fernanda Coppel. And it was based on a novel by Adam Neville. Um, oh, I not know that. Okay. Who also wrote a novel, The Ritual, which was turned into a horror film, which is very good as well. Okay. So someday we'll review that one too. It's really cool. Um, okay. Here we go. Ha 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 ha. We begin with old footage of Professor Arthur Wells in a jungle and he finds a large tomb and we see a box being hauled out of it. Um, and it's all like, like very old. Like it looks like, the footage you would see of old like Egyptian like mm -hmm, people right. going into the pyramids and stuff. It's really old looking. Sure. Um and then we see, although I think it actually takes place in like the sixties or seventies, but it, yeah. it feels very much like those those uh nineteen thirties tomb raider mm -hmm, kind of things. <laughs> um and then we see this shot of moths pinned to a um a like corkboard or whatever on a wall. And a young woman, Simona, is sitting in um, on the couch in like a living room talking to her brother on the phone. She's speaking Spanish. And she says something about like she was wrong and she wants things to go back how they are. And then her power goes out and the phone goes off. And she peers down the hall. So it turns out she's in this, this old house um, and she peers down this long hall. And she calls out hello and she sees a box in the far doorway and it like jumps a little and moves towards her and she screams. Yeah, I would. <laughs> and disappears. Yeah. And 
that's that's the last we see of her. So Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Simona. Goodbye, Simona. She's gone. Um, and then we get the title, No One Gets Out Alive. Yeah. And we see um the back door of a truck being opened, presumably by a coyote, not the animal, the person who smuggles people across the border. Um, so he opens the back door of the truck and people are climbing out. Um, and Ambar, our main character, is one of them. And we are now in Cleveland. Um, we Who were in Cleveland with to Simona be- too, but. Who doesn't want to be in Cleveland, right? Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I don't know anybody who does want to be in Cleveland, but I also like don't to, think I know anybody who specifically doesn't want to be in Cleveland. I would like to visit. Cleveland gets a terrible rap, um, but I would like to visit Cleveland. I've just never. I'd like to. They have good food. They have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. I've just never Drew thought Carey much goes. about Cleveland. No offense to I anyone w- who's from Cleveland. I've just never like given like it much to- thought whether I wanted to go there or didn't. I'd like to visit it. Okay. I mean, it sounds cool if it has the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's Drew Carey. Neat. I mean, Drew Carey show. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd like to visit Cleveland. And uh, interestingly, we are in Cleveland, and some of the exterior footage was filmed in Cleveland, but most of the film was shot in Bucharest. Ooh, I have. That's a wonderful city. Yes, I know you've been there. So yeah, I that's did, where most of it was was done. No kidding. I'm trying to think now. If I, I mean, I doubt I recognize it, but that's awesome. So I think all the interior stuff at the um, at the woman's uh, boarding oh, house. I think that there. must okay. all be in Bucharest. Yeah, I have no idea. Bucharest is a the Paris of the East, as it's known. Is a beautiful, beautiful city. Um, please visit if you ever have a chance. Um, I loved it. I had a great time there. That's very cool. I'm yeah. super jealous. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> like super Seriously. jealous. Yeah. Um, okay, so Ambar, uh, we see her paying at a hotel, and the man behind the counter tells her that if she's going to stay any longer, she needs an ID. Yep. Um, and so then she goes to work, and she's all, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you. And then she goes to work at a sewing factory. For lack of a better term, I don't know what it's called. If it's a factory or something else, but it's, it's a factory. Okay, she's it's a, one of those she's, big. She's a factory worker. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's like a factory, but they're sewing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and she she pulls a sign for a women's only boarding house off the bulletin board, and then um, we see her at the boarding house, and the landlord Red is showing her around, and he tells her the only other girl there is Freya, and her English isn't so good. So, okay, the guy who read, right? Yeah. Does he – let me see. This is what I thought of right away. Did he remind you of anybody? Let's see if you have the same vibe. Oh, that. no. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing no. All right. He reminds me of James Hetfield from Metallica. Oh. You, do you think at all? I, am I, am I, I cra- wouldn't know him if I saw him, so – You know what James Hetfield does looks like, don't you? No? Oh, no. I don't think That's so. That's so sad. Anyway. If anyone out there knows, I am yeah, not good think, at music, like music, looks, pop culture at all. I think he looks like James Hetfield from Metallica. So anyway, go ahead. Okay, well, guys, tell us what you think. Does he look like <laughs> James Hatfield? Is that who it is? I'm telling you, that's, of, that's not who it is. But Metallica. I think Does like he him. look like him? Um, yes. Is there a resemblance there or not? Yes. Let us know what you think, because I have no idea, and I cannot confirm nor deny. The answer is yes. 
Um, so I love this. He asked her where she's from, and she's like, uh, south of here. Yeah, yeah. Not very far. <laughs> not, not, yeah, not very far. <laughs> um, and so good. he tells her, you know, he shows her her room, what would be her room. He tells her he's on the top floor if she needs anything. She gives him um, a month up front as a deposit. And he tells her he's up on the top floor if she needs anything. And then that night, she listens to a voicemail from her mother. And then she hears the girl in the room below her, who is Freya, crying. Who, she saw her briefly, right? But she never – she hadn't had a conversation with her, right? She, she, yeah, she, she's like seen her on the stairs. Like, like he pointed her out, a, I think. I think when he said the only the girl here is Freya, I think he might have pointed her out She's always like in a rush or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so – then she like remembers visiting her mother in the hospital and her mother is asking her to stay. And she's like, you know, of course, you know, her mom's stay longer, of course. Um, and so she has this memory and the next morning she leaves and this is when she bumps into Freya and, um, and she says something to Freya and she says, well, red said, it's just the two of us. And Freya says, red is full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it. Great line. Um, and just, she just keeps walking. And so Ambar's like, on her way. Right. Okay. Whatever. All right. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, then at work, Ambar's boss tells her that her work isn't good enough or fast enough. Yeah. And um, in the locker room, she's like getting ready to leave. And her friend from work, Kinsey, tells her that her ID is going to cost more than she expected because she insists that she be from Texas and not Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, it's going to be 3000 then instead of, I think it was going to be like 2000 yeah, like Now a, it's like going to be grand, three. Yeah. 3000 Yeah. My goodness. Oof. I know for a fake ID, but like they got you over a barrel, right? If you need a fake ID. I, I got, when I got, man, I got a fake ID in high school. I remember the guy who made him and all I had to do was buy him lunch and he hooked me up. Yeah. Like, right, cool. But that's like, <laughs> that's like kids getting crappy fake IDs to go to bars. This is like, yeah, this has yeah. to pass like, yeah. No, it real has to be muster. Like, yeah, that, yeah, it's, and it's probably you know? no, and, and if they're legit, it's probably worth it. So yeah, so I feel Eight like grand. you you're gonna spend some money on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Ambar goes to have dinner at her cousin Beto's house, um, and we find out that he has gotten her an interview for a job, and um, basically. She, uh, they talk about how Ambar didn't go to college because she was taking care of her mom for years. And, um, he, you know, he's telling her what a good person she is for taking care of her. And, uh, before she leaves, you know, they tell her she doesn't have a good coat. So they give her his wife's old coat, this like big pink fluffy thing. And, um, when Ambar, yeah, you need a coat in Cleveland for sure. That I do know about Cleveland. (laughs) It's cold. So when Ambar arrives back at the boarding house, she notices a door that's padlocked and what, and then like low down on the wall on a corner, she sees what looks like fingernail scratches. And she asks Red for her deposit back, right? Because she needs it so that she can afford the Texas ID. Is this this part where she sees it and goes over and he shows up and he, he says, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be walking around or something. And she says, oh, I'm just, I heard something, right? Is that that part? Um, I think that's, I don't know if that's here or if that's in the next part. All right. I'll be quiet. No, 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 no. You <laughs> might be right. I can't remember. Um, but she was really good about, like, just playing it off. Like, oh, I heard something or, yeah. So. Yeah. He definitely walks up, like, while she's looking at the mm-hmm. – I think he walks mm-hmm. up while she's looking at the scratches. And she sort of, like, stands up and is like, doo-doo-doo. Right. Um, 
And so she asks him for the deposit back, but he tells her he's already spent it. Yep. Um, so that sucks for her. Yeah. So then um, she's in her room again and she hears crying. So she goes downstairs and she knocks on Freya's door, but it's empty. And there's a handprint on the door frame, um, which is, it's not like, it's not like a bloody handprint. It's just a handprint, but still mm-hmm. like, it looks like somebody has grabbed the door frame, mm-hmm. like trying to stay in the room or something and not get yeah. hauled out. Um, so then Ambar stands in the kitchen. She's making tea and she remembers her mother's sick bed again. And see lots of those it's it's like the yeah it's like the same everything's the same until her mother asks her what's that in the corner and we see the big stone box the box again um that that um that is the box that the first girl had seen Mm, yep that's right right so she sees that box um and then when she goes back to work she asks for an advance for her from her boss and he is like, you got to be kidding. You suck. And well, he puts her on also, packing for the day. Oh, sorry. Was this also when she's also asked because what's her face just rolled out? No, way? no, no, okay. not yet. No. So I'm she jumping, asks him I'm for jumping the gun. Tonight, you're jumping the gun. You're jumping the gun here. She asks for an advance and he puts her on packing like, yeah, for you, the day. You suck. <laughs> Yeah, he you basically he's like you no, he's like I, no. he's like I should fire you basically. And so yeah. he he puts her on packing for the day instead of sewing and tells her prove to him that she's good for the the other job when she comes right. back tomorrow. Right. And then like a moth flies onto her back and she hears her mother's voice. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those like odd out of place moments. And then later that evening, Ambar and her friend Kinsey are out for a drink and Kinsey encourages her to take the ID that says that she's from Oklahoma. But she says, well, I told my cousin Beto that I was born in Texas to get the job interview. And so it's like, she, she, she can't change the lie now. Mm, she's yeah. Um, she's screwed. So Kinsey tells her she'll lend her, lend her the rest of the money she needs and Ambar just like pulls it out of her bag, out of an envelope in her bag, and gives it to her immediately. Um, and as Ambar walks home, we get this really great visual where the street lights go out behind her, just one yeah. by one isn't that, isn't that by cool? one. And then she stops under one, and there's like a moth mm-hmm. in the light there above her. Um, so I again, was- like. Nothing happens, but it's very cool and like atmospheric. I wonder if that was a scene that they did in Bucharest. Uh, interesting to know that. Oh yeah, I don't know because they said some of the exteriors were in Cleveland, but like you don't really know which ones. No, you don't. You would just want it to be gritty and cold. That would give the Cleveland appearance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, urban urban decay. Urban urban decay. Yeah. Um. What is my husband always says? It's the Tarkov look because he plays this uh, video game Tarkov. Have you played it? No. It's very like everything's like modern, but it's all like a little bit decrepit and like empty. Okay. okay. And it just so he always he's like, oh, that, that, looks like <laughs> sure. that looks like Tarkov. That looks like Tarkov. Right. Um. So 
when she gets to the boarding house, she hears banging and it's coming from the study. And a man who we'll later learn is Red's brother, Becker, is banging his head against the wall. Um, and so interesting person she like she like looks in and she's like watching him in the study and then she's like oh shit she like books it back to her upstairs to her room Mm -hmm. and then we hear him outside her door whispering and then he just bangs once on the door and she's like you know really frightened and he just goes away i guess because we don't we don't hear anything else um and then she goes into the kitchen and there's a couple women there maria and petra and they're in there drinking wine and and Red comes in to take the other two women upstairs and, you know, and then he, uh, Ambar asks about the man in the study and he tells her that that's his brother. And so she goes and she sneaks into the study while it isn't locked. Mm-hmm. And she sees the framed moths that we got a shot of in the very beginning of the movie and like some other, some other pinned bugs and, um, and there's a recorder playing. It's like a Silence of the Lambs moment or something. Like when yeah, it's, it's very creepy. All the all the, uh, um, the twine and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so she she picks up the headphones to listen to the the um, the deck, the recorder, and it's someone talking about sacrifices and receiving a blessing. And then there's also a photo of a man and a woman, and the man's face is scratched out. And there's like drawings of sacrifices and there's a photo of the box that she saw in her memory, in her like yep. weird memory with her mom mm-hmm. with, and the names of Arthur Wells and Mary Wells um, are in that book with it. Hmm. <laughs> and then, so she's like finding some weird stuff, but nothing's officially like happened yet. It's just right. sure weird. Just some weird stuff. Yeah, it's just everything's a little weird right now. Um, And then the next day, Kinsey is not at work. And so here's the part you were talking about. (laughs) Yep, yep, good. And Barr calls her, but she doesn't get an answer. And she goes to the boss and she, you know, she's asking him, like, where she is. And he says, well, she quit this morning and just she just sent a text. And she asks for Kinsey's address and he won't give it to her, of course, because that's not legal. Nope. So she argues with him, and he fires her. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, she goes home to the boarding house. I think she rides around on the on the whatever they call a metro there in DC. We call it the metro, <laughs> the <Yeah>. subway. She <laughs> subway. rides around on the subway for a while, and then she goes home to the boarding house and she takes a shower, and she can hear noises through the drain pipe. So she, like, turns off the water. More nasty shots of drains, which I've mentioned I don't like. Yes, yes. It's, and they, like, <laughs> zoom in on yeah. the drain. Gross. And, but I thought it was interesting because uh, we've seen so many scary things happen in shower scenes, like Psycho yeah. and things like that. But, like, I haven't ever seen, I don't think, like, somebody hearing something through the pipes in the drain. I'm sure I've seen or heard. Uh, that was yeah, a maybe, new one for me. So I was like, okay, that that's hap- kind of like. Didn't that happen in It? I think that happens. I have it? not watched it. Okay, watch that. Uh, I think that happens in there. Um, Which I really should because I love Tim Curry. He's amazing. Uh, um, did you read the book? Nope. Okay, read the book and then watch the miniseries from 1990 whatever with. 
Tim Curry and John Ritter. And then watch the two new ones from a couple of years ago. Very good. Yeah, I like him too. He's a good actor. Um, yeah. Little Skarsgård, whatever his first name is. Yep. Good Good miniseries, good movies, good stuff. The book so, is great. Yeah, it's I'll like have a, to watch like, them at some point. I just like, haven't gotten around to it yet. It's like 1,100 pages. Um, I got it done in like two months. But, um, I mean, I once you get into it, it's good. But, yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. So let me see. Where are we? She's okay. She's in the shower. She hears noises through the drain pipe. It sounds like screaming. Um, and then she like looks to her side and she sees a woman outside the shower curtain. It looks like Freya. Um, but when she pulls open the curtain, nobody's there. Yeah. So then she runs into red back when she goes back into the hallway and he, tells her that Freya, you know, she asks about Freya, I guess, and he tells her that Freya left a couple days ago. Everyone's just leaving. Like, what's going on here, right? And he tells her now, yeah, he tells her now, the other girls are here, I can give you your deposit back. Like, it's it's uh, easier now, so I can give you your deposit back. So, that's cool for her. She's happy about that. She goes back into her room, she lays in bed, and she listens to what we now know is her mother's last voicemail. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a moth, surprise, surprise, flying around the room. And she like smashes it. She just reaches out and like whap yeah, against the night, that, like, top that, of the nightstand. Oh my god, that squished that thing. Yeah, that was awesome. But <laughs> when she rolls back over, we hear its wings go, and it starts flying again. And then there's a woman standing in the corner who says her name, and she wakes up and she notices that her door is open and she hears crying again. And so she sort of goes to the door to like investigate and we see footsteps like track into her room right like we don't see anyone or any feet we just see like the the marks of footsteps like like the feet are wet or something um and so they track into the room and then the crying you can tell has become it's no longer in the hallway it's now in the room with her and she hears someone say please mary no and someone else say i must prepare you or arthur will hurt us both and then things in the room start breaking and like the bed like crashes down and it's just everything goes crazy. It's literally yes. like somebody's being thrown around the room. It's like the exorcist or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it's as though someone is throwing someone else around. They're knocking into a ton of or they're struggling and knocking into everything. So she goes out into the hallway and down the stairs and there's a girl on the floor at the end of the hallway crying. And as Amber approaches, someone appears behind her, uh, behind Ambar, mm-hmm. and but Ambar doesn't see them. And then the girl gets yanked around the corner all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she's just down there crying. And then she's like, <laughs> she yeah. gets yanked away. Right. And so Ambar, being not a dumb girl, no. starts packing. Yeah. <laughs> and calls. Yep. She's like, bye. And she calls Beto to come pick her up. But he tells her that he's out of town right now. They're at like his son's college tour. If you need help, call like nine one one. And yeah, he's like, you should call the police. Well, because he doesn't know that she's illegal, right? He right. thinks yeah, yeah, she yeah. was born in Texas and she's a U.S. citizen. Right. So he's like, call the police, and you know, and she's like, I can't. So he says, well, I'll come get you as soon as I can. Um, and Ambar goes to knock on Red's door and get her deposit, but Becker answers, and he says, you know, I'll send him down when he gets back. So she's like, still, she's like not going to wait there. So she tries to get a motel room, but she doesn't have enough money. 
and she just rides the metro around for a while. But I love this. The metro, like she's looking down the metro and the lights start flickering. And then she looks down to like where the door is at the end of her her mm-hmm. car. And you can see all the doors are open. You can see all the way down that long mm-hmm. line of cars. It's right. I love that shot. It's like very, yeah, very shot. deep focus. It's so sure. cool. Yeah. Um, Did you ever, ever see Midnight Meat Train? Yes. Kind of. Maybe like it reminds it remind you of that at all? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then she sees her mother sitting like across from her in a few seats down, and then the creepy box is yeah. there. The box returns, and yes, the box, the return of the box, return of the box, and these creepy hands like come yeah, out of it, right? and she wakes up and she's in a diner. So I don't know if she was ever in the Metro or if she was in the Metro and she went to the yeah. diner and then she fell asleep. And that's when she had the dream with the like mother and the creepy box and everything. Weird scenes that throw you um, off because they, they keep happening. You're not. Yeah. Sure it's, feel, right. it's weird. It's weird. Um, it's a weird order of events. So you're not really mm-hmm. sure, but she wakes up in a diner and behind her, a police officer comes in and you can tell she's kind of like nervous. She's kind of like putting her head oh, yeah. down. And she calls Red, and he comes and meets her at the diner. But, you know, she, when she asked him if he brought the deposit, he's like, well, no, I was out when you called, you know. And so he's like, I don't have it with me. I came straight here because you sounded upset. So then he tells her that, you know, he's he she doesn't want to go back there. But he's like, well, I don't want you to either because Becker's pissed off about me giving you the money back. And he tells her basically like the story of him and Becker and that Becker, he's a bit off, but he stood up for him. He stood up for Red when their dad was like sucky. And now Becker is sick and it's Red's turn to look after him. Right. And so he drives her back to the boarding house and she goes back with him, which is when she is not being a smart girl. No. (laughs) She's being a dumb girl now. She goes back. the The worst idea. So when they get inside, he tells her, well, the money's up in your room. And uh, the other two girls are in the kitchen again, and Red tells them he'll join them soon. So Ambar goes up to her room and looks for the money, but it's not there. And then Red comes in, and he starts telling her about his dad collecting all this weird stuff and, like, that he would have let her leave, but Becker needs her. Yeah, this guy, you realize, and he's more than a bit off. He's, yeah, and, he's like, he's, he's he he was, like, trying to get her to drink wine with them, and, like, she's not, she wasn't interested. So he's, like, giving her this weird speech. And then Becker comes in, and he grabs Ambar and just takes the wine and, like, literally, like, sticks his thumb inside her mouth and shoves and the wine down, down, her, down throat. her throat. Just pours it yeah. down her throat. Like, damn, dude. Ooh. Um, and then Red says, please don't try to leave. It'll make it way worse. Oh, yeah. And she's out. This is not going well. This is not going well. (laughs) And she wakes up to a quiet knocking on her door, and it's the other two women, Maria and Petra. And they're freaking out, too. And they say, you know, like, we all need to stay together until we can leave. And they've both been dreaming about the box, too. Mm. And Maria thinks the box is in the basement. So we don't know how she knows this, but she thinks the box is in the basement. Um, later on, let's go investigate a creepy basement in a boarding house. Yes. Let's, (laughs) let's go do that. 
I don't think they I've even seen, they don't even like get to that point though. They're like they're I like no I think it's in the basement, this. and then yeah. shit goes off. Yeah. Um, so Ambar wakes up later, and they all hear these these women, like a bunch of women, crying. And Petra says, "Muerte!" You know, they're dead. Mm-hmm. And Maria starts singing, and then we see all the women there in the room with them. And Ambar sees her mother in the doorway asking her to stay longer. And then she wakes up for real. And the men are taking Maria and Petra. Um, mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're dragging them out of the room. Um, but then the doorbell rings. So Becker locks Ambar in the room. And, you know, they've, they've gotten the girls out of the other girls out of the room already. So she's in there alone now. And it's Beto. And he tells Red he's looking for Ambar. And she hears him and she tries to yell to him through the window. And then she, I think he, oh, he's telling, he's telling him, you know, sorry, Mm -hmm. she's not here. I don't know anything about it. And then, yeah, she, she opens the window and she yells down and he's like, oh, okay. Even before that, I forgot he, he, um, he sees the big fluffy pink coat. Okay. Right. That's right. right. And so he's like, we don't have anyone here that name. And he's like, that's her coat. Like I just gave it to her yesterday. (laughs) Like that is her coat. Um, and so then, yeah, she breaks the window and she like, he hears her that now. And so he pushes his way in, he gets to her bedroom door and then Becker just beats him to Dude. death. Like, and just- the thing about it is you only hear it. You don't actually see it, but you see Ambar, she's in the room and the blood starts pouring through. And you're just like, this dude oh. just obliterated him. And a tooth rolls under the door. Mm-hmm. And that to me is so much creepier than if we were seeing it. Like hearing it and seeing the blood and the tooth roll under the door. That's what you perceive is always scarier than what's real, right? Well, and think about how much, like how effective is that? And how much easier is that than trying to do all the like makeup effects and like. Well, and it's gross. Everything as you're going. Like what we don't need to, we don't need to see that. Like we, yeah. It's, well, look, we see some later that's pretty gross well, too, but no, we do, we do. We, this is true, but like you know, real quickly, just you know, to the point of that, you know, two of the, my favorite movies are you know the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and and, and Halloween. Mm-hmm. There's like there's no real blood or really showing any violence in those movies. It's all about behind a closed door or behind what your mind might think. So yeah, that always yeah. works. Yeah, that always works. Yeah. So. Once they've done in poor Beto, um, they take they take Ambar up to their bedroom all the way upstairs and tie her up. And Petra, I think it's Petra, is is there. And Becker carries her out, saying, her next, pointing at pointing at Ambar. And Red's like, too many in one go back, but Becker just leaves. And um I think Maria is still in the room too at this point. And uh, Red tells Ambar that their dad made their mom help them kill girls. And then he killed her. And so they killed him and stayed on to fix the place up. Solid family dynamic. Yeah. Very, very totally not dysfunctional at all. None. But when they stayed on to fix the place up, Becker got obsessed with the box. And, and, well, it's making him better. So... She tries to convince him to like get out of there with her, right. and he starts to unlock her unlock her handcuffs. But he hears his brother, and he stops. And he's like, "Sorry, 
Um, <laughs> I mean, he really? wasn't, he didn't say it quite like that, but <laughs> no, I'm laughing at like the fact, like, dude, really? I mean, this guy's just going to run your life. Like, come on, really? So. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's such a, a wet noodle, a, a goon. Yeah. Yeah. A blanket. Wet, right. Yeah. He's just does whatever. Um, so Becker throws Ambar over his shoulder and he carries her to the basement while all the dead women are watching including Petra. She's there Mm -hmm. now. And the basement room is full of candles and there's like an altar in the middle and he chains her to it. And then he opens up the stone box. Like there's like the front of it, like just comes off in a piece. So he pulls that off to the side and leaves telling her you should feel honored. Like, okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) Thank you for tying me up. I'm chaining me up i'm quite honored for this right yeah (laughs) so then there's a noise like footfalls coming from the box um and moths are flying out of it and flying all over the place and then beto is there and he's alive and he unchains her right and they try to break open the outside basement door but she's dreaming and now we see her mother and it's the same scene as before, and the footfalls in the box like keep getting closer, and then the creature or some sort of old god yeah, something. appears. Huge arms first, right? Coming out of the box. Yeah, it's a bizarre looking creature. And it's huge. It's way too big to fit in the box. Um and uh then the box is in the corner of a hospital room, and in the basement, the huge old god is like walking on its huge ass hands. And it grabs her head. It has, like, big hands that it walks on and then it little like small stands, hands. And it, like, stands over her, right? Yeah, so it has the big hands then it has little small hands. Mm-hmm. It's like and so, Yeah, yeah, kind of. So the small hands, yeah. it grabs her head. It doesn't make that noise. T-Rexes make that noise. Well, they don't either, but well, I do they, when I'm a they, T-Rex. They make really loud noises that are scare, much scarier than that. Yeah, so so it it grabs her head with its smaller hands, and then in the hospital room, we see Ambar say like no that she answering her mom that she won't stay longer, and her mother like reaches out and starts to strangle her, but she fights mm-hmm. back and she kills her mother. Sure does. And the old god by now has like now is like whoa and has, retreats back into the box, and she puts the door back on and leaves the basement, and I love this. She starts to leave. She starts to go toward the front door, and then she's like, mm, nope. And so instead, she goes into the study and grabs this huge, ancient, like, sword okay. axe thing. So, can yeah, can you tell me what that is, by the way? Because I, I don't really know I what that is. I will tell you. <laughs> it looks like a, like a chainsaw blade, Wait, but, not, but it's not. I don't, it is, what so was it that? Is, it is called a, and I'm going to butcher this, I know, but it oh, is, is called it, a Makwa Oh, my goodness. Can you spell this, please? M-A-C-U-A with an accent over it. H-U-I-T-L. I've never heard of this. Maquahuitl? I don't know. I have no idea what this is. It was the choice of weapon for Nahas and Aztecs. Oh, So when they went into battle, it's an old Aztec It's badass is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I'll have more I've about never, the I'll have more about the Aztec stuff when we finish when we finish the movie in a few like, minutes. But yeah, well, the it's, damage the damage that this thing does is like 
Oh, oh it's God, insane. <laughs> so she grabs it. She heads upstairs. It reminds me of almost like, you know, in, in Pulp Fiction when he's looking around. <laughs> what does he want? The chainsaw? He tries that out. Really? No, I'll take the samurai sword. Like, yeah, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> no, she just like – she goes straight for what she wants, and it is that oh big mwakwa-weedle. The, the, the kick-ass. I know I'm saying that's so wrong. Yeah. Um, so – so she gets upstairs, Red opens the door, and she just starts hacking at him, like... Bashing his whack, face. Whack, and just, Oh, no, she gets him in his leg first, right? And he falls down, and then she just starts, yeah, just mm-hmm, busting. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Well, man. and then Becker breaks her ankle. Okay. okay. But she... We, we, so, so first we, we it's Red. Wait, so first it's Red. Right. Then Becker breaks her ankle, but Maria is still in there, and she gets free, and she shoves him. Oh, but I, want, I, I wanted okay. to mention that, 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 that ankle scene for me. Was one of the was one of the, so yeah they're going back and forth. She's hitting him with that Aztec tool, busting him up, and then she's laying there, and it happens so fast, but it's so memorable. And he just raises his leg up, and you see him just stomp right on her, and you go, oh, it's so bad, it's God. so bad. Like because we know we've all twisted an ankle, we've all fallen, we've all we, some of us have broken an ankle. I've hurt my ankle badly before, and I can just like feel it. It's like oh my god. And at first you wonder, like, is it broken? And you're, well, you know, this guy's pretty big. He's got a boot on. I'm sure he broke her ankle, but that is nasty. Oh, yeah. Woo! It's really bad. And I am like that with knees. Things happen to knees, and I'm like, Ugh, Oh, I, I've, had, I've had knee issues, so, yeah, Oof, I can feel that. Yeah, yeah, it's really bad. Um, oh, um this, this, this wasn't <laughs> as bad as the, um, the Achilles cut. From Pet Cemetery. Oh, that's but, oof, yeah, that's bad it's, too. It's pretty bad. Anything with Achilles, the Achilles getting cut is whew, whew, yeah, not is good, gnarly. not good he at just all. Stepped on her and cracked her. Um, ankle. Oh my god. So yeah, so Becker stomps on her ankle and breaks it, and Maria gets free and she shoves him, and then they struggle, and he just pitches Maria over the landing, and she goes down so, like four floors splat. That's man, that scene. Yeah, she pushes him. It's just harmless shove that does nothing and she runs away and she gets like a foot away i mean she makes no real attempt to get out of there and he grabs her they have a struggle and yeah you know what's gonna happen you know he's gonna oh do yeah it. oh yeah and he just picks her up and he just yeah and she just falls and splat it, and he it reminded is me so of, um, huge and muscly that it's like yeah. it's literally like if you picked up a stuffed animal and dropped it over the yeah the yeah, edge like drops her right up yeah yeah he's just and, like and you you see her just splat, and then you just see the shots from high above. Yeah. You can't get any detail, but you can see the blood just start. I mean, she dies instantly. Oh, yeah. Oh, she oh. has to. It's so Dang. bad. Um, so. That's like, that's like he, three minutes of, like, n- some nasty violence right Oh, there. yeah. Well, there's a little more. We're not done. <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. He those grabs are, a bar now, but she's gotten in. I don't know what she picked up, but it's something small and sharp. It, and, it's a piece of uh, shard from, I think, from that tool, maybe. Oh, is that what it is? It it might be. I, I could be Okay, wrong. it's something sure. small and sharp. And so she slices his neck with it, and then she grabs the neck. the sword axe thing, the yeah, the Aztec, Aztec Aztec weapon, and she smashes the dick out of his yeah. head. Yeah, like she, does. she just stoves his whole head in. Uh, yeah, it's awesome, and it's one of those scenes where they're showing it. They're not pulling back. They're not using it, you know. I oh, mean, yeah. Like, for everything they didn't show when they killed Beto, they exactly. show all that when she kills Becker. That, <laughs> like, and, and you know what? 
it's gross, it's violent, but I appreciate the filmmaker not saying we're not we're not gonna we're not pulling punches. We're, we're gonna actually show this guy's face yeah. get beaten in. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's crazy. And I love my gore, so for me that was like, oh. Oh, it is yeah. so crazy. It's <laughs> so gory. Um um and then okay, she gets up, she starts to leave, but Red isn't dead yet. No, no Red so, Red ain't dead. <laughs> idea. She takes him down to the basement. I don't know how she does this with her yeah, broken ankle. Say, I'm not sure I was wondering about that myself. <laughs> we'll go right past that. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. She puts Movies, him on the altar in the basement, and yep. she watches the old god eat his head. Basically, the he old god, we see bites. what was supposed to happen to her. It puts yep, its hands on your head, and and um, I guess what's supposed to be happening is that it's like, it's like seeing your memories, and so it's like yes, lulling you yeah. with the memory. Right. right. Um, but what right. the memory it saw with her was it was shocked because she killed her mother. So that's why it backed out of there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so, she, um, it eats his head. It just saw one bite. Yeah. Eats his head. Awesome. And as she limps out, she sees his ghost. So we get to see that he is now a ghost stuck there too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we go down and we show her foot. She's walking and she stops for a minute. We go down and we yeah. see her foot and it just goes. And, and all of a sudden heals. it's not broken. Yeah. She, he, she's standing there and like the sun's coming in on her and everything. It's and you nice. can see the like power rushing through her. You can see it in her face. Yeah. yeah. And she turns back to the house and there's a moth flying, and she smiles at it. Mm-hmm. And we get a final shot where we go into the box and, like, into the black, and that's the end. Okay, so I've got a little bit more, as I said, a little bit more Aztec stuff, and then we can talk about the movie in general. Right. But Bring it. Okay. So the film doesn't really make any connection between it and no. Aztec, like anything. But um. So apparently people think the, the, there's, you know, there's the moths and there is a warrior goddess in the Aztec culture called, and I'm going to ruin this one too. It's mm. Papalotl. Okay. It's Papalotl. Something like I know that. About, I know about Papa Legba. And, and the, the meaning of that is clawed butterfly or maybe obsidian butterfly. Okay. And so, you know, they've been doing this moth thing and the monster kind of has like the mm-hmm. the look of like it looks like it's maybe got like but- moth or butterfly wings dragging behind it, like big, huge wings. Um, yeah. And then so it's it's Papa Lottel is described in Aztec mythology. Um, she rips the victim's chest to eat their hearts and then the victims mm. would become deers. And she can describe herself as a beautiful woman, but the victims in in the story are male. So it doesn't quite line up, but, like, there's theory that maybe that's, like, kind of what it was, like, pulled from. Okay. Um, And then I mentioned the book The Ritual that Adam Neville yeah. wrote that and this. And okay. so at one point in the film, there's a newscast that mentions four lost hikers that are um, mm-hmm. lost in the right. Swedish woods. Okay. And that's a reference to the ritual. Oh, okay. Very cool. So, I yeah. Like I, love, I love stuff like that. Um, And I do have to, like, very quickly give a shout out to the creature designer, Keith Thompson. Okay. Because that creature was amazing. Yeah. Like, 
It's so cool. creepy. Yeah, it was wild. It's so creepy. It looks um I don't know. Like well, you were saying it um I think we were saying before we started recording it looks kind of like like uh Guillermo del Toro. So that was something I was wondering is um I I'm wondering that how much th- this movie reminded me of a Guillermo del Toro movie. Yes. It it it, it did. Um the feeling of it did when I saw the monster, it, it just that reminded me of him. That seems like a monster I would see in one of his movies. I think I I definitely agree with that. I also yeah. think I think the feeling of it being sort of like one of his movies, I think to me is it feels with like very box, social commentary yeah. too. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's very mysterious. There's a social commentary going on. Yeah, it definitely feels very very Guillermo del Toro. I yeah, that's what I had for it. Um, I also thought, uh, look, you keep going if you're not done, if you still had stuff you wanted. To talk That's about. all the trivia. I mean, I okay. have stuff to say, but not any more trivia. I, you know, <laughs> I, I had never heard of this movie. I, I, I watched, I enjoyed it. There were, you know, things that I enjoyed. Like, um, you genuinely feel like I started to genuinely feel bad for this character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a tough, you know? Yes. She's got a job she hates that she's working hard at that she can't get to catch a break. Um, you know, she's got a sh- crappy living situation. Um, it's just not a, it's, it's not an easy go for her. You feel bad for her. And yeah. the reality is, unfortunately, this is how a lot of people do live their lives. And that really sucks. Yeah. And, and I, think, I really hate. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Say I would say, I think in a way, because of all that, the first half of the movie is kind of as horrifying as the second half in a different and, way. Yeah, because but, because that is that's real, that's yeah. real like scary stuff. Like there really are people. You know, the reality is people in this country don't get paid enough money. Mm-hmm. Too many people are at you know terrible living wages, and they work too much for no money. Um, and that's kind of showing that that's that's not yep. a made up scare. That, that's that's real. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, the real exactly. Deal. We we don't value people. We don't pay them what they're worth. And that's a crappy thing. And you feel bad for a character. Like you genuinely feel bad for her. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, going into, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a necessarily a, I guess it's not a human trafficking or a slavery thing because they're killing these women, mm-hmm. but it kind of has that vibe. And they're in this boarding house and they just, they're disappearing. They're taken away. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's part of it. And this guy's, they're killing these women, you know, and these are things like, and I, I thought to this myself, what was the story? The famous story from was almost ten years ago. Now they found the women in the boarding house. Was that in Cleveland? These women had been oh, there for I like twenty remember. years. Remember, you remember what I'm talking about, though, don't you? I think so. The woman had been in the boarding house or had been in this basement for like thirty years, and she had fathered these this guy's kids, and they found her finally, like years and and they I think it was, I think it was Cleveland. I don't know. If that's any relation? Yeah, There's a lot of I things in the movie that. I, that I think of that just remind me of other things that are taken yeah. from other places, like the Tel Toro stuff with the monster, the real life, you know, uh, shitty living situation people mm-hmm. have, mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a trafficking situation. But then it's like, okay, he's a woman killed her mother. You don't feel that bad for her at the end, maybe. But, um, you know, oh, no, it, it was a good movie. I, I liked it. It had some topics that I enjoyed that I like seeing. Uh, was it scary? Maybe not scary, but like the whole aspect of, people being kidnapped and killed that mm-hmm. really happens like that's so, not made up either i think and you're talking about this like the people being kidnapped and killed you're talking about the the um particularly about the 
experience of the immigrant in America, the illegal immigrant, right? And how what she's sure. dealing with. I mean, it, I it's not even that, movie. but it's people. But it's people that just you know, everyone. This happens to everyone that you know for one reason or the other they've had it hard. Oh right. And they're in a, crappy situation making working a crappy job that's yeah it could be it could be anyone you don't have to be an illegal immigrant to be taken advantage of like that but certainly that situation happens far too often yes but i think that this whole movie is an indictment of capitalism and what people will do to get ahead right to gain that power so these brothers are exploiting these women to gain power but even the presumably innocent exploited women right, yep. aren't immune to the allure of the old god of, or capitalism, of right? So even at the right. end, she may have been exploited for for their trying to get ahead in capitalism. But when she has the chance, she's definitely, definitely in taken yeah. in by of it. Course. Like she's so, it's it's this cycle where, you know, even if you're the one being exploited, you may, if you get the chance, it's just, capitalism is so it's so sticky that way, right? Like it, it really gets in you and you, you, you feel like, well, I can do better. It's hard to avoid. Yeah. I can, I can succeed. And, and it's very, yeah, I think it really is. And like I said, an indictment of that. I, I think that they think capitalism is, is dangerous. Yeah. And is, I agree. And makes people be worse people than they, than they may have been without it. Um, I mean, what do we we always say? Every movie's, really probably about something else right so yeah there's your you know example right there i guess yeah and another interesting little tidbit i found so the movie of course as we said it's about an illegal immigrant it's about capitalism um the book takes place in england mm-hmm. and is apparently more about classism and the exploitation of women Okay. So I'm really interested to read the book now because it sure. seems like it has a different social justice bent, even though it's. And I think there's, I think there's more to the story even after what happens in the movie. So I'm really interested to read the book now. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. That. Yeah. That would probably be enjoyable. Yeah. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. I mean, overall, yeah, I I liked it. I thought it was. There were just some spooky moments um you know different kind of horror mm-hmm. i guess but yeah i mean you know a lot of it's real life horror i guess right? yeah definitely yeah. i don't know if it's made it to like my top favorites list but i definitely really liked it i thought it was i thought it was smart and and yeah. interesting and different than a lot of what you see you know traditionally in horror movies mm-hmm. oh absolutely yeah I yeah, agree. I thought it went to some you, interesting you, you places. Thought, I, mean, I thought it was just going to be this, you know, spooky boarding house with some ghosts in a creepy basement or something, but that definitely was not what it happened. So. No, it was, it was it was a it was that and a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this woman to play actress, I looked her up. She is so dang familiar, but I looked her up and I have never seen. She's not. She's young. I think she hasn't done a whole lot either. Yeah. It's nothing I've ever seen her in, so I'm. Where do I know this face? Like it's driving me crazy. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but, I didn't uh, recognize anything that I would be like. I, I oh yeah, was, I've seen her in this. Yeah, no, I was like, yeah, where is she from? And I kept trying to, and I can't find it. So I don't know. She's where very I'm getting... good though. Like she's great. I think she was great. Especially that where... end where I was like, I can tell that she is now deciding to stay yeah. in the house and use the box. 
No, I literally she, she doesn't do anything with her like except look and you can tell you're like oh crap she's gonna do mm-hmm. it yeah uh i don't know again i don't know i've never seen her in anything but for some reason she's very familiar i don't know what it is um and then of course um the guy who read who looks like uh, james hatfield yes yes <laughs> let us know if you That's think right. he does <laughs> yes um all right well next up we're on midwinter break for two episode period. So for four weeks, um, and then we'll return on January 16th with Tucker and Dale versus evil. I'm so excited to do this one. Have you seen it before? No, I haven't. Oh my God. This movie. I'm so excited for you to see it. It's so funny. It's, I'm not going to say too much about it now because we'll talk about it a lot when we come back from break, but it's so, so funny. Funny horror is good. Um, yeah, it's so funny. All right, everybody, please remember. Everyone. Everyone. Please, all six now of our <laughs> listeners. Please. please. Please, God, please remember to subscribe please. to the podcast. Follow it wherever you do um, so that you get the, the new episodes. And rate and review us on iTunes, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever the heck you are everywhere you can can rate us review us and that really does help because we would like to have more than our loyal six listeners (laughs) um we would like more listeners it would be great to have that because we're out here like pouring our guts into this and we would love for more of you to hear it and hopefully working hard out here hopefully you feel the same way too and enjoy it because we enjoy doing it with you and uh don't forget send us your movie suggestions your thoughts on the movies we've watched so far whether or not uh whether or not red looks like the lead singer was it james hatfield of it's him of metallica it's him and uh yeah send all that to us at the scary movie project at gmail.com and you can follow us on facebook and instagram at the scary movie project peace out don't forget to tip your delivery drivers and waiters Ooh, good tip the scary movie project podcast is produced by Tara Garwood and Matt Lulich. Learn more at thescarymovieproject.com. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi... We've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.